Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, Open Mic Podcast listeners. Want to share your opinions, give me feedback, or tell me what you're thinking? If you do, send me a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio that might end up in future episodes of the podcast. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform that I use to make this show. Here are some things that I would love to hear from you. What questions do you have for me? What did you think of the episode? What did you think of the topic? Who should I interview next? Make up a theme song. I don't know. Do your best impression of me. I'll see all of your messages and I might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send me a voice message right now from wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in my show notes and I can't wait to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Until next time, cheers and be well and enjoy today's episode. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 145 of the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to be here with you on this beautiful Bay Area Friday. Super excited about today's episode. Jim Meskimen is my guest, and he is an actor, and he is a voice actor. He's an impressionist. He is hilarious, and we had such a great conversation when we recorded this interview, and I've been waiting so many days to play it for you. It's the first opportunity I've had to get the episode out, but he was awesome, and you guys are going to love this. He is so cool, and I learned some super amazing things. He's been in the business for over 30-some years. It's crazy how long he's been doing this. And he is the voice of Ultron. He is the voice of Commissioner Gordon. So many things. I don't want to spoil it all. Let's get to the interview. Jim Meskimen, welcome into the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to have you here today. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. Well, I'm excited. I am a huge fan of yours, and I have been for a long time. And so I appreciate you taking the time to do this. So the first question I would would love to start out with is you – you're, you've been in the entertainment business forever, and you grew up in the entertainment business as well. Right. So for those who don't know, your mother is an actress, and we, we can mention her name if you want, or, or we, we don't have to. It's up to you, whatever you prefer. Let's just call her Mrs. X. Mrs. No. <laughs> let's, call her, let's call her by the name everybody knows, Mrs. C. Yes, so Mrs. C, and you've, you've, you've been around that forever. Is that what informed you to sort of, break into the business is that where your influences came from or where at what point in your life did you decide this is something that that I want to do and I want to be a part of well it absolutely informed uh so much I mean my mom was a great mom she was a single mom who who raised uh, my sister and I who's also an entertainment professional Ellen Kramer is a writer Mm -hmm. producer and um you know she made it go right to raise us on her own in a nice suburban, what was then a middle-class environment and uh, send us to college and all that stuff. And, you know, she did it by shooting for the stars. Uh, I mean, she really, in a very decent and uh, hardworking way, she um, created a very strong ironclad career. I don't think she ever had an idea of being an icon. I don't think anyone could ever think of such a thing. 
but she just wanted a very strong uh, working life. And she has achieved that. You know, she really won. And she's now 90 and in her 91st year and not really not really needing to work now and not that ambitious about it. But I learned from her early on that a career is something that is uh, uh, nurtured and grown and not waited for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not uh, the phone. You know, phone calls do come in that change your life. Sure. But but to wait around for that phone call is death. I, I can't imagine. And I, I think she said this on another interview. She was interviewed by one of my friends, Kara Mayer Robinson. She yeah. just interviewed her at her house like, not yeah, too long ago. That. Yes. So Kara and I are very good friends. And I've interviewed huh. Kara a couple times. And when she was talking about to your mother and then about you, I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of a simpatico connection. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And she mentioned the fact that it's you have to treat it like a business, right? They're not going to come find you. They're not going to come hunt you down. You, I'm assuming you've probably found this to be equally true, right? Absolutely. And I'm just grateful that I had the that viewpoint, you know, that I had exposure to that. Even knowing that, it's hard. But mm-hmm. the fact that I, I knew that it was going to be up to me and my hustle, uh, that changed things a lot because I think a lot of people get into the business <clears throat> and they think – well, I had my, I took my headshots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent out postcards. Uh, you know, I, I go to these parties. Uh, I, met, I met a guy, he says it, but he's a producer. Boy, that's, you're not even scratching the surface of what needs to be done. You know, there's, it's, it's a full-time, full-time job. And even then you, you may not hit it because it's an art, right? It's, Someone might someone puts out their personality and their choices and their their ideas about characters and their ideas about the delivery of a, of a dialogue and someone might go yeah and that's it <laughs> you know, your, your ship is on the rocks so and, it's a it's a game does it just take one time for somebody to go Matt and then they could just be completely done with it because I've heard that. Hollywood is is addictive. It's almost like a drug that so many people come there thousands yeah. and thousands per mm. year to try and yeah. quote unquote make it. Right. And some of them are even professional extras. You know, yes. that's all they do. Like they'll hire two or three agents. Which it's is a good a, living. It's a it's great a good living. living. Yeah. And, guys, you know, they do uh, 300 movies a year. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. That would probably kill somebody like yourself who is highly elevated who's i i would consider a celebrity of status that you know that that would that's a lot i mean it probably takes a lot for you just to do one show or one cartoon or whatever it is that you happen to be working on at the time you couldn't have five or six projects going on at the same time could you well, yeah, that starts to be a bit of a strain because schedules start to overlap and you're starting to get into trouble. You're starting to make people's lives difficult. So <laughs> I used I used to I used to stick as much as I could. Like if I had a week where I was like, OK, I know I'm doing this commercial and I'm doing these voiceovers. And I got this animation thing. But at night I could do an audiobook. <laughs> and I did that for quite a while. But you run the risk of waking up the next morning and not being able to do the commercial because your voice is gone because of all the hard work you've done or some, or, you know, in, in, invariably it's, this is just the life, you know, and everybody experiences this. You go, okay, well I'll put this and this and this, and now it's all full. My schedule is all full. 
great, perfect. And then another thing comes <laughs> and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> and another thing, you're like, no, no, not this week. Next week, I have nothing. <laughs> and and suddenly you've like, now you're in trouble because you have to please everybody. Like a, a, another client from before who you owe, you know, says, sure, oh, by the sure. way, I need that recording this week. And you're like, ah, I booked everything solid. So now I'm, I'm a little more trying to actually just recently I realized uh, from listening to Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, big shout out. I had a lot of respect for Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes, yes. Uh, he's always talking about, I mean, he's a very, very sped up, very amped up guy. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him. <laughs> I think Gary V is the best. But he also talks about deploying patience. Yes. And that I was realized, a good impression, actually. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've listened to a lot of Gary V. So speaking of creativity and that sort of thing, what is your creative process when you're going into a project? How do you approach that? And, and what do you do, say, you wake up and you're not feeling creative that day or you have a block? Like, what is it that you do that you have learned to kind of help you work past all of that? If It's a loaded uh, question. Great question. <clears throat> it's a great question. I mean, I assume you mean in the, I mean, is there any particular area? like? Well, TV, just whether it's like voiceover, <laughs> animation, yeah. just anything that you have to come up. Let's say you have to come up with a voice. Yeah. Transformers. They've come up with a new robot. They come to you. You've done this, that, and the other. Like, how does that process work for you? You know, I I'm very fast. So, and I'm also I'm also very ready to create at all times because that's all I do. Mm -hmm. So I. You know, but but that being said, there are tricks and things because there are times when you're less creative and less willing to to make something or to come up with an idea, right? So. I find that um, anything you could like creativity to me is like a flow. It's like a flow out of a faucet or a hose <clears throat> and uh, like a garden hose gets kinked, you know, it gets bent and it hisses and nothing comes out. And creativity is sometimes that way too. I don't know how it gets wound up inside us, but it does somehow. And uh, I find if you can just get a little bit of a flow going like, uh, like if you're not feeling creative, you could sit down and, and try to write a little bit of a poem, just two lines. Or you can try to draw a little picture. Uh, that w That's enough to get some drops of creativity going. A little bit of a, a current is now running through the wire. And you can build on that. And it's funny how, because <clears throat> a flow will run one way and then it'll run the other way. Mm -hmm. Right? The, a hose, again, use that simile. A ho the water comes out of a hose in one direction, but it could go the other direction. Now, in life, our creativity is usually being stopped. Our creativity is not really wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's just stick to the rules. This is how we like it. Uh, not, not, it's not your turn. All these things add up to a big stop of your creative flow. And mm -hmm. we get used to it because we have to get along. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're listening to me now when I'm talking. I listen to you when we were talking. We have this back and forth. But out there in the culture and in the world at large, mostly they want to talk to us. They want to say, you're going to buy this now. You're going to stand here. You're going to come arrive here. You're going to do this. You're going to you know, get this disease. And, you know, it's just <laughs> all day long, you know, and you're like, okay, I want to be part of this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to make it here. So whatever you say. And you, after a while, you realize I haven't contributed anything in a really long time to this conversation. So you've got to get yourself off. What I do is, and I, I, <clears throat> I live a very 
not a solitary life, but I spent a good deal of time alone, mm-hmm. uh, just by the nature of our business. And I, I create things all the time. If I have an idea and I'm like, it'd be a nice little story. I'll just kind of write notes down or I'll dictate it into a machine. I don't stop myself from creating and whenever I can, I foster creativity, which is just the invention of something. Creativity is not some fancy thing. It's just like, oh, what will I wear today? Uh, gee, I have this character that I'm going to play like, like I just got a part in a little uh, independent film. And I'm like thinking about, I wonder, maybe I should grow out a little facial hair and uh, see if my earring hole is still, <laughs> I can, if I can get that open again from 1978. <laughs> uh, so... I recommend to people that they, you know, whether it's picking up a ukulele and strumming it or whatever, just try to get into the zone of, now I'm going to make something. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to be crap. Who cares? Sure, I'm going to sure. make something. And uh, and that's what I do. I mean, I do that all day long. I get a script uh, sent to me by my agents or friends or whatever, and they say, hey, can you do this? Often it's a celebrity because I do a lot of impressions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Morgan Freeman voice for something or other, and they they just want that full-on Morgan. Or, uh, but like you said, sometimes it's a well, the Transformers, and now has this hillbilly thing, and you know, oh, okay, and you have to kind of go, well, what was that? So I'll, I'll research, I'll go on YouTube, I'll listen. Uh, I'm a good mimic, so I like to hear things and then copy them. Uh, but the more uh, I, and I know this from. Sometimes I treat it as a job and it doesn't work very well. Sometimes I treat it as a game, works much better. <laughs> Do you have a preference over one versus the other? Voices versus film and television commercials, or is it all the I same don't. to you? I don't. I mean, and obviously, you can you can make money faster as a voiceover person, which is one of the <laughs> main reasons I focused on it in my youth. But now uh, that that's not such an issue anymore, I'm actually very interested in in being on camera physically and creating with the whole instrument. It's fantastic. So at what point in your life did you, because growing up in that world, I'm sure you had all kinds of influences, but at what point did you decide this is something that I could actually do and be successful at as an individual? You know, I was young and I'd uh, made a decision about, uh, what art form I wanted to pursue. I, I had studied as a painter mm-hmm. and I uh, li- was living in Spain and uh, I had I had an epiphany at, in Spain that, wow, you know, I, what really excites me is this performing. Um, and that's a that's a long story. But when I got to New York, I just had the feeling and, and you know, the confidence of youth and uh, and knowing myself pretty well, too, that I could I could fit in. And I remember uh, being on this in New York City and, and walking around with other people after auditions. And it, it used to be, and I don't know if it's that way anymore. It probably isn't that uh, the voiceover guys would see each other like about every uh, hour, 45 minutes at some place in New York. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it still might be. I, I interviewed a couple people recently and they were saying that it's almost like ships passing in the night, you know, where they just yeah. see each other. Oh, yeah. you were there for that commercial or that, you know, cartoon. Oh, I'm headed that way now. And there's 20 people 
up against you for one particular role. I, I, I not to digress in the conversation, but I no, but you're, that supports what I'm. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going on to some degree. And and so I used to hear as a beginner, I used to hear the same kind of as I wasn't hanging out with the professionals at that point. I was hanging out with the wannabes because that's where I was. And they and they would all say the same thing, like, oh, the same six guys do everything. And there's no way in, you know, and, and all this kind of gloom and doom talk, which is just their way of getting me to back off. To, to quit, essentially. To quit. So I, I heard it enough times to realize, wow, you know, I everybody says this. I don't think it's true. Mm-hmm. I think the mere fact that everybody's saying it uh, invalidates it. So I made a point to always, whenever I heard that, and I heard it continually, I, to just, in my mind, I would just disagree. And I think you have to... Uh, you have to disagree with things that say, nah, yeah, you're not going to, not you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because if you look at some of the biggest celebrities we have or the people with the healthiest careers, they're the most unusual, weird sounding looking people that nobody even bothered to try to discourage. Right. You know, I mean, we're all, we're all so used to him now, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, just before he came to prominence was you, if you said, well, this is going to be the most bankable star of the eighties. Nobody would even never bet you. No one would even put any money down. It's like, why are we even talking about this? (laughs) I, I have to agree with you on that, that it's so interesting because I think the world that you live in and that you are active in is so different than something that, I'm used to it. Now I have an advantage because I'm a podcaster. And so I, I have the privilege of being let in by people like yourself or Susan Bennett or any of these other people who allow me to come in for 30 to 40 minutes. And so it's kind of nerve wracking for me a little bit because I want to be as prepared as I can because it's a one shot thing. And I, I find it what you say to be so true in the sense that you look at Arnold or some of these other people and you're like, well, how the heck did that person get picked? Or why did that person get picked? It's because they're they're so unique and so different than, from anybody else. But right. they, they never gave it up. Do you right. think that the world of film and television and acting, do you think that, that that's something that anybody can do as far as even if they have a little bit of talent? Or do you think that they just it takes a very special person to be able to pursue that entire lifestyle that you're a part of well i think anyone who who wants to deeply uh should should try it i think yeah i do think anybody can do it because i think anyone has a valuable viewpoint these days uh, and, and entertainment has changed so much and it's going to continue to change and it's just like we're like all in a big room telling stories. Mm-hmm. So does everybody have a chance? Everybody should have a chance. And some stories we're going to go, man, that was a great story. God, I love the way she told that story. Others are going to be like, yeah, I heard it. it was, yeah, okay. And, some, and maybe some of us will go, wow, that was a terrible way to tell that story. <laughs> but <laughs> everybody should have a chance. And these days you might find your audience of people, you know, even the people that uh, using that big room analogy – you know, people go, wow, that was most people, 85% of the people in the room go, never let that guy have the microphone again. <laughs> 15% will go, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. He's telling it like it is. You go, all right. Because we, we're now able to, we're now able to reach people all over the world 
Uh, and we're going to inevitably find people that kind of get where we're coming from a little better than others. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's also a little bit of a tyranny because we're all talking at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the great things about art forms is they begin to crystallize and, and studios form and channels become very grooved and, you know, Netflix happens and, you know, these things where you go, well, you know what? I could search all over the Internet for my entertainment. I think I'll go to Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, all right, you know, that's a that's gonna sift out, I don't know, four billion entertainers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, so, so I think I think, but it's acting is not an entertaining. It, like I say, I mean, you, you hear people say, well, it's storytelling. It is. It's it's expressing some part of yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and and people do it in a million different ways. They do it physically only. They do it vocally only. They do a mixture of the two. They do you know, animation, there's so many ways and, and we're discovering new ways to do it. And it's a marvelous thing. And we're, we're, we're all kind of saying, Hey, I'm alive. Here's what I dig. Here's, or here's what I'm scared of, or here's what moves me. And, uh, it, it's great that we can, I mean, I love it being a YouTuber. I've got a YouTube channel and mm-hmm. I get people that write into me from Scandinavia, from Tokyo and Germany and whatever. And, and I can, and they get to see my little show and they say, hey, I really, I really like so much what you're doing with the impressions. It was fantastic. And uh, I, am, I live in Oslo, and I wish I could do so much things like you or, you know, whatever they write. And I get guys that say, you suck. You know, I try, <laughs> to, try to turn them around, you know, just by being polite. And I can always, almost always do that. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. How do you choose, speaking of the, the people that are out there, because I feel like, as what you do is an art and you're putting your art out there for the world to see, maybe not necessarily like a television show. Well, you know, you have your TV show impress me. Yes. On Amazon prime. Yes. Which I've, I've watched, I've watched all of those um, before I talk to you. Yeah, of course. And so (laughs) I got to do the research, but (laughs) like, how do you handle the criticism that comes in? You say that you try and turn them around how do you choose what to respond to or just ignore as a troll, as they call it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's just a hateful remark that's, that's gross, I don't ignore I, I trash it. Uh, if someone just says, oh, he's not very good, which, and I get that quite often, um, I, will, I will just try to acknowledge what they say because I've had the experience of people within a few interchanges of, of them realizing, oh, there's a live guy who put this up. Mm-hmm. And I've just been kind of rude to him. <laughs> they have that realization. Sometimes they turn around and they go, I, I'm sorry, I obviously you worked very hard. I, you know what, I'll give another one of your videos a try. <laughs> and I've, I've developed some fans from that. So people are basically good, I believe. And, uh, but, but we're all kind of used to dealing with robots and automatic things and personless things and i think we're kind of harsh on one another not realizing hey there's a there's a man back there yeah yeah it's it's the same way with podcasting because sometimes i'll have people just email me some things that i'm just like wow but it still doesn't <laughs> stop me from creating and putting Good. out trying to put out content yeah. because if i allowed that to stop me i i wouldn't be doing yeah. this yeah. And so you have to make that decision. I think it's I, it's obviously not at the same 
magnitude of what you're doing, I mean, I can't do a George Bush impression. I, I can't do that, but I find it mesmerizing. But it's funny that people kind of feel like they have the right to just attack that because they're not doing that, probably. I'll tell you what, that, uh, that mesmerization, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's a tough. That's always been tough for me. When I was in school, I I couldn't mesmerize anything that they gave me, to, <laughs> like a poem or anything. <laughs> so I, I feel you. <laughs> that's hilarious, people. If you're listening, I can see Jim. It's just that was like he was sitting here in the room. I I kind of teed that up on purpose, but I I wanted to ask you in that same vein. So you you choose to create and you choose to maybe not. Um, you know, acknowledge those particular comments, but you just continue to put the work out, right? Regardless. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I get very few of those evil comments. I mean, mm -hmm. what I would consider just that's ill intended, you know, you're, you're, tr you're trying to do something, you know, make me ruin my day. Well, like, okay, fine. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You do that to everybody. And, uh, well, I was going to say, I remember when I had my first vi viral hit, the Shakespeare and celebrity voices. Yes. Uh, the first bunch of, comments that came in and to what would eventually be you know millions of views and lots and lots of comments the first ones that came in were quite cruel and i had an awful feeling of oh no what what have i exposed myself to and they they were um because of my religion mm -hmm. these people felt like they had to shut me down not because of my talent or because of how cool the video was, which most people then started to agree that it was pretty cool. It is, yes. But yes. because of this very personal side of me, they were like, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, oh my God, what am I in for? And I, I didn't respond to them. And I, I was very relieved when the rest of the world opened up and said, uh, wow, you know, and hey, and cool. And, and that video went on to change my life. So I guess I learned early on that you just ignore those guys. They're, they're a minority, a very small minority. The really crappy ones, the really bad ones, very small minority. And then, then there's just the kind of cranky ones. And those I can work with. <laughs> and I, I don't get such a huge volume of comments that I can't answer them all. I can, I can do 15, 20 comments a day. That's no problem. And it's fun for me. And I've made a lot of friends, uh, wonderful people that write in every day or, or to my daily videos. I have a daily fortune cookie that I read as a celebrity and, and people write in every day saying, I like this one. That was great. Or, wow, I didn't think you'd be able to pull that off. And you know, it's, it's a nice conversation. I've never met any of these people. Maybe I never will. But it's it's lovely that we can communicate that way. It just it kind of blows my mind that I guess I haven't experienced that sort of level. And I don't know that I will that people just feel like a right to just come in and attack you or your family, or even you mentioned religion a little bit. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Yeah. But the losers. They yeah. losers. You what they are, Matt, they're losers. They're complete losers. We don't pay attention. We don't, you can't, you can't pay attention to them. Well, cause you live your life in the limelight, so to speak, and everybody knows who you are and what you do. So you just, but I appreciate the fact personally from one person to another that you don't allow that to stop you creating because it, it brings joy to millions and millions of people. You know, when you do your voices or you're on a TV show like Anchor Management, we talked off tape a little bit about that or Parks and Recreation. I mean, the list just yeah. goes on and on. So how do you choose projects as an actor? What do you decide? This is something that I want to do or I don't feel that this is right for me to do as who I am as an actor or as a person or what my skill set is. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, right now, I, I, I try to always say yes. I mean, particularly if someone's offering me a part, um, I, I try to figure out a way to say yes. But entertainment is changing a lot. And there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I kind of am a bit squeamish about. Um, and I always look at, like, in the same way that I approach my own work that I do, that I originate, I look at what is the effect on the audience that we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. And these days, um, there's a lot of entertainment that uh, I, I'm not sure what effect they're trying to create on this. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a little, sometimes it can be very depressing. Now, I'm going to say something that I'm sure a lot of people will not appreciate, but my wife and I, at, at night, we watch TV at night before we go to bed. Okay. So we, we went through the whole Friends 10 years, and that was great. And that was a perfect way to, to kind of wind down the day. And then we lately we've been trying to find other shows. So we've been auditioning a lot of other series and watching them and, at night. And some of them are just not good for bedtime. Like <laughs> we watched we watched Ozark. Oh, See, that's uh, a, that's not a good bedtime show. A bad bedtime show. Uh, I respect Jason Bateman a lot. I, I worked with him before, and uh, wow, he he did a great job. I'm not going to watch that show unless it's daytime again. It's a very dark show. The dark show. So in that same way, uh, and what effect are they trying to create? I think I think I know the kind of effect they're trying to create at an audience, and it's not the effect I want to have given to me before I go to bed. Okay, fine. But uh, like Breaking Bad, also not a good bedtime uh, show. Uh, it's a good wake up at three in the morning and watch it and, and freak oh, out. Oh, great! I did show. that. Yeah, it's great show, and I think Ozark is kind of the same, a little going for the same sort of flavor. Yeah, but, I think so. But so I, when I look at a project comes in, I go, well, what you know? How does this make me feel? How is this going to make other people feel? Would I like my daughter to see this? Uh, you know, how do people that know me how would they respond? And you know, it very rarely happens that I go, you know what? This isn't for me, but occasionally it does. Um, yeah, there, there have been little things I'm thinking of them in my mind, things that came up that I won't mention that I kind of went, yeah, you know, I'm just not on that wavelength. I'm, and, no, and I know I, about I myself it. to know that it's like, that's kind of sleazy or it's kind of yucky or it's kind of violent and ghastly. Or I like things to have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I like things to have, I mean, I, I like drama too, but I like it to be truthful and I think when you see entertainment that's truthful and doesn't insult you uh, or, or say, you know, humanity's bad and here's another aspect of that. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't want to spread that around. I want people to be like in my live shows. I like them to be uplifted. Mm -hmm. If I do a live show and everybody's talk, 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 talking afterwards, I feel like okay, you've done your job. I did it. I did it. They feel better. They're talking. They're talking to one another. They're talking to strangers. This is cool. Do you enjoy, I know recently you were at one of the cons. Is is that what's next for you right now? You're making your rounds to all of the comic cons and the one cons. No, no not really. I'm not, I'm not in that, uh, that loop particularly. And, uh, you know, it's very rare. I, I get invited. I, both times I've gone to the comic cons, I've been to the San Diego one and this one, the wonder con and, uh, Mark Evanier, uh, who's a writer and I, I guess a big, uh, fan of, of these things. He has invited me to speak on panels. Uh, I may go to uh, a thing called Supernova, which is down in Sydney, to promote my friend uh, Scotty Brewer's project, Garrison 7, which is <laughs> a great uh, science fiction epic that's coming down the pipe. So I may go down there. Uh, but I'm not 
I'm not really, I, you know, I don't star in a lot of animated things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a working actor. I'm a character actor. I play Ultron. I play oh, yeah. uh, Uli in Puss in Boots. Uh, you know, I was on various little shows, but not as the lead. I haven't been the lead in a ton of series. Like I'm not like Rob Paulson or, or these guys uh, who I love and respect or F Fred Tatashore or Eric oh, Bowser. Yeah. Love these guys. Love them to death. And uh, but they, they've got a they've got a great career and they have and they are valuable voices. I mean, I've cast for voice projects before audiobooks and other things. And if I could get Fred Tattershore, I was always happy because I know he would do it. He's a splendid, splendid artist. Same for Rob and Eric and Jeff Bennett and all these these geniuses. Yeah, those are all great guys that you mentioned. If you're if you know anything about the voice world, <laughs> all of Corey those, Burton. all of those guys, Kevin Conroy, I mean they're just all yeah. like unbelievably talented. And, and I would say the same for you as well. So do you have any dream projects or anything that you Yeah. Yeah, I do. work I, on and places that you want to go. Well, I really like I love Better Call Saul after that big rant about Breaking Bad. I I love Better Call Saul. I've been trying to get on that show and uh I it, had a couple of chances, didn't get chosen, but it's it's something I'd love to do before they end off. Uh, I'm also writing a screenplay because I realized you know it always goes well if you can write something and cast yourself in it. So I'm I'm writing a screenplay now. Um, I've been working on it for a while and it's getting some good response uh, about an impressionist. It's a little bit of a thriller, a little bit of a different view of what it means to be an impressionist, and uh, that's for a feature film. And, and beyond that, I'm going to continue to do live performing and come up with new stuff. I'm going to do a live show in Los Angeles at the Acting Center on May 11th, Saturday, May 11th. And I hope to have uh, a guest star, a very gifted impressionist, a female who I've worked with, not yet. And uh, I like her a lot. Oh, she's terrific. I won't mention her name because she hasn't <laughs> told me for sure she's going to totally do it. it. <laughs> but I love to have guests. I've had Fred Tattashore and Piat Michael and... Uh, Ross Marquand on my show before, and it's, it's super fun to collaborate. Angela Hoover as well. One last question. You obviously are out and about a lot. Do Is it is it a pure joy for you to meet fans when they t they talk to you and they go, oh, you were oh, Ultron yeah. in yeah. Avengers, or you were Commissioner Gordon on Batman, and then they obviously probably call on you to, hey, can you do this or do that? <laughs> Does yeah. that become tiring for you? I, I don't want Not to put you in a corner or anything like that. But I always, I've always wanted to ask that if that's something that oh, it's, it's so great. It's, it's so great. I, I I don't experience it very often because I don't go to these uh, cons, right? But uh, I've been to two, you know. So, but I realized at this last one at WonderCon, I realized we had a room full. Of, there had to be a thousand people in this room for this panel, and they were just delighted by by what we were doing. <clears throat> he had us write, uh, reading a script of Rapunzel in different voices. And I did, Tommy Lee Jones was a narrator a little bit. So <laughs> he took over and, uh, and George W. Bush, as you mentioned before. And um, the fans just laughed and loved it. And I realized the cons are like, that's the way for the fans to flow back there and to actually participate. Participate in the art form and not just receive it, but be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love completing that part of the, the cycle. You know, uh, it shouldn't just be us talking and making funny sounds and everybody laughing. It should be we interact and we get to know each other. I want to say thank you for taking time to meet with me today. I really appreciate it. And if people want to learn more about you or just kind of find more about you, how, how can they do that in particular? 
Well, I'd love for them to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You just look up Jim Meskimen or Jim Pressions. Meskimen is M-E-S-K-I-M-E-N. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Jim Pressions and uh, JimMeskimen.com has a lot of information about me too. Well, Jim, thank you for joining me here today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for such a fun conversation. I've enjoyed it very much. All right. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Thanks for being a part of today's show. Be sure to listen to us exclusively on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and all the other amazing podcast formats. Until next time, be blessed. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well. Hey, everybody. It's Brett Allen from the Open Mic Podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you for listening and joining in to today's episode. It means the absolute world that you want to listen and be a part. In the spirit of sharing, there are other shows that I recommend. Some great friends of mine that have some amazing, amazing podcasts. Eric Conley from Unstructured, Kara Mayer-Robinson from the really famous podcast, Growth Mindset University with Jordan Paris, and last but not least, Jones.show with Randy Jones. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.